0: Because for me, it's not necessarily the content of technology that's the problem, although it can be. It's simply opportunity costs. Mm -hmm. So opportunity costs, if you're not familiar with it, is an economic term that basically means time or money spent in one area is time or money not spent in another area. And time is a non-renewable resource. It is our most precious resource because we can't, no matter if you're rich or poor, you have the same amount of time. And so it goes back to how do we want our kids and us and our family to spend our time? My basic rule of thumb is if technology is taking away from physical activity, sleep, healthy eating, homework, um, direct human contact, that's where the line needs to be drawn in the sand.
1: All right, we are live, awesome uh welcome blissful parents michelle abraham your host here i'm so excited today you guys we have an amazing guest with us today dr jim taylor so welcome jim how are you doing
0: um well thank you and thanks for having me we'll have, we'll have a lot of fun and hopefully uh have some good conversation
1: Absolutely. So, oh my gosh, today's topic is going to be super fun. So we're talking about generation tech. So we are living in a media fulfilled world and a Dr. Jim has written a book about this. You've also, let me just share a little bit more about you, Dr. Jim, with our audience. So Dr. Jim is, has a PhD in psychology, has worked with young parents and young kids um, for more than 30 years and also educators around there too. He's spoken in hundreds of events, lots of schools and secondary schools and education. Associations, and you've written eighteen books, five of which are parenting books. So one of your books is called "Raising Generation Tech: Prepare Your Children for a Media-Fueled World," which is what we're going to be talking about today. And I'm sure we're going to have to bring you back on four or five more times to discuss all the other books that you have. Not only is Dr. Joe an expert in this, but he's also raising two daughters, two teenage daughters himself. So he's right in the muck with the rest of us guys. Uh, He's also been. on Huffington Post and Psychology Today. His work has been published there as well. And you can find him at drjimtaylor.com. So Dr. Jim, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm so excited to dive into what we have to share with our audience today.
0: Let's go. Let's
1: do Mm -hmm. it. All right. Well, you know, let's just start right with the book. So you wrote this book. And what inspired you to write this book?
0: Well, the, the fact that technology has become such a central and powerful influence in the lives of kids and, and people and families. And I just felt both professionally, I was seeing it uh, some of the challenges of, of technology as well as some of the benefits. Um, and, and also personally in my family, raising kids in a media-fueled world, as my subtitle suggests. And I just felt there was a need for uh, clarity on, in helping parents understand what's, what's in front of them and again, what the challenges are, what the, what the upsides are and help them provide, help me help them provide um, some guidance in terms of how to navigate this world where, because the, the train has left the station, you know, we're not going back. And so it, the, it, more than anything, we're getting more immersed. So it's really about how to, a family can take control of technology rather than con- technology controlling the kids and the family.
1: Yeah. I love that. You know, i my kids are on uh, nine and six and you know it's funny you can see the technology starting to uh, (laughs) to to breach that comfort zone for me I'm like oh no this is like too much now so you know how do we how do we get started in approaching this this particular subject with our kids?
0: Well it starts really with the parents and so you and your partner if you have a partner of some sort to really sit down and discuss what you value Mm -hmm. and what place you want technology to have in your family. Because without that foundation, you're just going to get caught in, in, the, in the tsunami of technology and just get swept away. Oh, my kid wants to do Pokemon. Okay, fine. My kid wants Snapchat. Fine. Instead of making deliberate decisions about what role you want technology to play in your family and, and how much exposure and what type of exposure you want your kids to have as they grow up.
1: Yeah, I find it really hard to find those guidelines in that supporters. so like, what's too much? What's too little? Like, when is it beneficial? When is it not beneficial? Do you have some some guidelines that you've come up with that are you know seem to work?
0: Well, that's a tough question because I don't believe that I can tell parents what to do. Mm-hmm. And I'm a bit, I, I approach this as a professional um, with a great deal of humility because I know how hard it is when your kids want something, they want a new app, and it's hard to say no. And that's why you have to go back to, again, values, priorities, how you spend your time, how you want your kids to spend your time. And very importantly, for parents to really look at the kind of relationship that they have with technology, because because their relationship with technology will probably be absorbed by the kids. So parents are hooked on technology, and they're on their phones constantly, social media. Well, that basically says to kids, I can do that too. And a lot of parents will, will feel that's fine, because they're into it. And so it's it's very important for parents to make these deliberate decisions because otherwise they're just going to get caught up in the in the whole tech scene. And then you can't actually control the benefits and the costs of technology.
1: Yeah. And like you were saying before, it starts with one, you know, you're doing Minecraft or Pokemon and then all of a sudden Snapchat and like something that's not quite appropriate for, you know, some of the young ones. So it's, is there some good, um, advice that you have for like, how you know, do, how do you know when the technology is not being a good influence on your kids?
0: Right. Well, the hard part is that, that our kids are, are digital natives. They're growing up in a world where they don't understand that there used to not be an internet or cell phones.
1: What? You're older than Google? <laughs> that's what I heard in my house a few weeks Yeah, you only had a
0: landline growing up and three TV <laughs> channels. And and so um, so it's really first about, and, and so we're, we're digital immigrants. So we weren't raised yeah. in this world, but we've come to this world forcibly sometimes. And so it's really important for we as parents to educate ourselves. And that's difficult because there is a lot to know. And it doesn't come naturally to us very often but it's so important for us to be able to, to be educated about all the different technologies, all the different platforms, all the different apps. Because if we don't, we can't make informed decisions about what's what's best, what's better, and what's barely acceptable, and what is truly not acceptable. So as an, as an example, uh, there's been a ton of news lately about this whistleblower with, with Facebook. And though she does make it sound like all these apps like Facebook and, and Twitter and Instagram are like totally destructive. The research actually doesn't fully pan out about that. A lot of the, these, um, these studies that were done by Facebook, even though they say that they hurt kids, they're correlational, they're not causal. So we can't say that Facebook or, or Instagram hurts kids, although there is some growing evidence of that, um, but certainly it's associated with a lot of problems. And so, for example, with us, uh, with my family, we said no Instagram because all the experts, all the research shows it is the most toxic app out there, especially for girls. And we have two daughters, but we're letting my 16 year old have um, Snapchat because fundamentally it's just a texting app. And so becoming well informed is so important. Because then you can look at, well, okay, this one's not so bad. Because the fact is, you can't not let your kids have technology unless you're going to move to, I don't know, I'm going to make a Canadian reference to northern Saskatchewan or something, um, you know, where there's no internet or, or for us, it might be northern Idaho. Um, and um, but because you don't want your kids to be social outcasts. And by the way, as your kids enter teenagehood, they get to pull that card a lot. All my friends have it. And I don't feel like I don't feel included. And and there's some definitely some manipulation going on there, but at the same time, this is the, technology is one way that kids communicate. It's it's unrealistic to say no to everything, so it's about deciding what is the least worst, maybe, okay. or or maybe there's some good stuff, good apps and good platforms out there that are reasonably healthy. I haven't seen a whole lot of them, that's for sure. Um, but it's it's really what's important to understand is first of all, I don't want people to think that I'm a luddite that I'm anti-technology. I'm a total tech geek. I use, tech, I use technology in my work, but I don't let it bleed much into my personal life. So I have Twitter and Instagram and, and all the social media, but I only use it for my work. Because one of the important things is that reasonable amounts of tech, just like reasonable amounts of anything, is not going to harm your kids because they're, they're doing other things like going to school, exercising, hopefully interacting face-to-face, other forms of, of human contact and, and healthy interactions it's only when it becomes excessive. And that's where we're seeing this, this idea of internet addiction mm-hmm. where some, some preliminary research suggests that, that the internet has the same physio- neurophysiological effect as drugs and gambling and, and alcohol. And so kids and, and adults, by the way, um, are not just becoming psychologically addicted, but they're becoming neurochemically addicted. And let's keep in mind one other thing that for all the talk about Facebook saying our our mission is to connect the world, Mm -hmm. their mission is to make as much money as possible. They don't care about our children. And I don't hold that against them because they're a business in a capitalistic society, Mm -hmm. but they are not gonna do what's best for our kids. Now, at some point, will, be there, will there be government regulation? Certainly a stronger regulation in Europe. You know, Depending upon your political persuasion, you think government involvement is good or bad. I don't, I'm not going to get into that. But ultimately, it's up to up to the parents to decide the role it plays. And so getting back to this idea of, of time, because for me, it's not necessarily the content of technology that's the problem, although it can be. It's simply opportunity costs. So opportunity costs, if you're not familiar with it, is an economic term that basically means time or money spent in one area is time or money not spent in another area. And time is a non-renewable resource. It is our most precious resource because we can't, no matter if you're rich or poor, you have the same amount of time. Although maybe the wealthy may live a little longer, but let's not quibble about that. And so it goes back to how do we want our kids and us and our family to spend our time? And so my basic rule of thumb is if technology is taking away from physical activity, sleep, healthy eating, homework, um, direct human contact. That's where the line needs to be drawn in the sand. Mm -hmm. And and that's a different line for every family. I mean, every family's different. Some kids need technology. Others use it as an escape or a crutch. Um, Others use it as, as a tool. So so my basic, a couple of my basic rules of thumb is it should be a tool, not a toy. Mm-hmm. Although there's a place for kids to be entertained on their phones, that's fine. We should control our technology, not the technology controlling us. And that's where the addiction comes in. And, and it's very important that, again, parents make deliberate decisions and tough decisions because your kids are not going to be happy if you say, no, you can't have Pokemon, which is exactly what my 14-year-old was not happy about when I said she couldn't have it because all her friends are on it, and she feels left out. And, and so, um, I, you know, I, I feel for her a little bit, but at the same time, you know, we're not here to be friends with our kids. Mm-hmm. We need to be their parents, which means setting limits. The challenge, Michelle, is that setting limits is tiring. Monitoring them is tiring. It takes energy. And thankfully, there are some apps, technology helping to kids, kids to get, take to get off technology, which is sort of ironic, of course. That we can help monitor that, and so we can see. Um, I use it with with Microsoft, excuse me, um, Windows. And um, so every week I see how much time she's spending on her computer, and she has a separate computer for school that she gets from school. And and if I see it seems going over the top then then we have a conversation. Another thing, and I, I know I'm doing a lot of talking here and you're not asking. Great, questions.
1: No, this is fantastic. You can. OK, go. <laughs> okay.
0: Is it, as you when your kids are young, you need to just tell them no. But as they get older, like for my daughters, you need to have a conversation mm-hmm. because the fact is I put a lot of trust in my kids because we, we raised our kids with very little technology. So my, my daughters didn't see a movie, I think, until they were 10. They just got phones this in the last year or two. and They didn't have data for up until this year. And they, they went to a Waldorf school, which is very much about um, responsible tech use and, and delaying tech use. And so, you know, my wife and I were very deliberate about about what our priorities were and what our values were. Um, other families have different sensibilities. And it's not me to judge. We all have to own what our kids turn into, you know, good, bad or ugly. But making those choices and, and then in high school years and even, you know, the tweens having conversations so they can so kids can start to learn to make deliberate decisions about their technology and because ultimately they're they're out they're out the door or they're going to college or whatever and they need to be able to decide and have control over their tech use at the same time because it's not just something they can choose and as a little aside the um the big tech spends billions upon billions of dollars a year engaged in developing what's called persuasive technology and it's basically ways to addict your kids and yourself to technology. And whether it's thumbs up or um, little little bonuses you get or little little games you get or little rewards you get, some very smart people are looking for ways to manipulate us and to turn our attention into dollars. And and again, I don't mean to, I don't mean to be like the sky is falling, you're a chicken little. <laughs> But, but I will say, I, I am trying to be the techies are coming. Or the tech are coming. Mm. And so it's, it's really about, again, we're not going to stop them. We're not going back to the Stone Age or pre-internet days. But it, the challenge, I think, has been that technology has, has, been, has evolved and been introduced before we have time to examine the implications. Mm-hmm. So Facebook, what a great idea that we can um, connect with anybody around the world. Fabulous. Skype. Zoom, all these things, wonderful technologies to connect grandparents and, and workers and so on around the world. Nobody thought that it'd be used to foment political disinformation and tyranny and violence. And the challenge that we have is that the technology is put out there without deliberate thought about it, its potential positive or negative impact. And so we're just looking in the rearview mirror and we're playing, we're playing catch up. And, and unfortunately, the onus, the burden is on us, the parents.
1: Yeah, it's hard to keep up with all the new things that are coming out and also then educate yourself on it and then before you can answer yes or no, can we have it on our phones or can we have it on our iPads and stuff. Holy smokes, it just happens at such a rapid pace. You know, there's I've definitely seen the downside of too much <laughs> too much screen time and we have limits on ours. Is there any other things like the time limit or other things that you've seen work well, like, um, it's self, I would love my, I love my kids to be able to self-regulate themselves on the time. And my daughter seems to do a pretty good job of it. Like son, some, you know, seems to have that addictive, like needs to be on it kind of thing. Right. And I love what you said about going back to those things. Like, is it impacting their health? They're eating, they're sleeping all that. And I really love that. So if you find it is what's the next step
0: yeah, um well, I think also within the family is just making sure that the family has priorities. Mm-hmm. So you can you can play Pokemon or Minecraft, but first, you do your homework. First, you exercise. Right. And so after nine o'clock, all technology goes out of the room. Mm-hmm. So my kids just put their put their phones and their computers out in the hallway and plug them in out, out there. And so that's really important because to, to some degree out of sight, out of mind, And it's a very tough balance between teaching your kids to self-regulate, but that's like telling a crack addict to (laughs) self-regulate. No judgment on crack addicts, I feel for them, but they have no capacity to self-regulate. That's what makes them crack addicts or alcoholics or gamblers or whatever it might be. Nonetheless, as kids get older, we all know about the prefrontal cortex and executive functioning, and how it doesn't fully develop till you're in your 20s, and for some people, not till their 50s. And um, and and so uh, so they're simply incapable of regulating their behavior on their own. But at the same time, we need to give them opportunities to practice. Otherwise, I, I see the prefrontal cortex as like a muscle, and if it doesn't get exercised, it's not gonna get strong. And so so it's really finding a balance between setting the limits in terms of time, and in, in, in terms of location, Um, in terms of who they're with. And at the same time, having conversations with them, educating them, um, helping them explore why they're on their their phones, their tablets, or what their computers, And, and starting to exercise that muscle, that prefrontal cortex. So when the time comes and they have that capacity, they at least have some sense of, yes, I have control over my technology instead of, oh my gosh, I can't do without my phone. It's you know, I know internet. Oh my gosh.
1: <laughs> we moved out of the city a few years ago for that a reason to slow down and you know, have a little bit more family time and less technology and things like that and it's still been a challenge to <laughs> limit the technology especially when you had to work online. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, there's definitely some benefits of having the technology around too. Can you can you share some of your thoughts on what the benefits of of the technology is?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, if you think about everything that goes on in the world right now, whether it's buying things on Amazon without leaving your chair, although that's a whole, you know, sort of a tough discussion sometimes uh, economically, Um, getting, gaining information about the world. And sadly, a lot of the information, there's a lot of disinformation out there, but for the most part, you can go to the internet and get fairly accurate information, Um, connecting with others um, through work, through family at a distance, I mean, these are wonderful things. I mean, Skype with grandparents is a beautiful thing if they're you know on the other side of the world or something like that. Um, staying in touch with people, all these things. Um, finding um, shared communities, people who are interested in everything, like from you know, like you know, I, I collect silver buttons, whatever, to to bicycles, to cars, to whatever, and and it's it's created, it's broadened our community, and it's also been a way to to stay connected with friends. Who um, who ordinarily like college friends or high school friends who ordinarily in the past you'd have to write letters to what's that about right <laughs> and um, so there's a lot of great things about the internet and about technology and I don't want to I don't want to make it sound like like it's it's evil but but for the most part it's it's really again goes to this idea of using technology as a tool as a resource to expand our lives because it has expanded our lives in a lot of wonderful ways.
1: Yeah, I can imagine all the hours I used to spend in the library doing research projects that now, wow, this is the Google at our fingertips it makes things so much easier, I think, for the kids to do research projects.
0: Yeah, for and sure. All those great sure.
1: things. Yeah. And
0: um, another thing that I think is really important as well is, is parents need to look in the mirror yeah. because parents, they can say certain things, but actions speak louder than words. So if parents are saying, oh, you need to get off your phone, and parents are at the dinner table, and I, I, I this is one of my pet peeves, massive pet peeves, out to dinner with my family, and the next table, there's a family, and they're all on their phones. Kids, parents, everybody.
1: That's not good. I've and, seen that before, too, and I've just been like, oh, that hurts my heart because they're not even talking to each other.
0: Oh, <laughs> my gosh. Or Or even so, the parents are talking to each other, and the kids are on their phones. They have headphones on, or they have a tablet. Mm-hmm. And, and what's so important about that is that because technology is, is through a screen, it doesn't give them the opportunity to have real human interactions. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a skill. Reading, reading emotions, reading intonation, reading facial expressions, that's an essential skill for living, at least for, for the time being. Mm-hmm. And, and if kids don't learn that in, in childhood and teenage years and adolescence, they're going to struggle later on. So kids might be whiny and and complaining at at the, at the table in the restaurant, but at least they're engaging instead of just being zoned out and having no expectation that they have some responsibility to interact with us as a family.
1: <laughs> I had a really good eye opener a few years ago. I was, I was interviewing some, you know, uh, administrative assistants for a rafting company and part of their job was to answer the phone, and the fact that they like <laughs> these some of these twenty year olds could not answer the phone or didn't know what to say on the phone was kind of shocking. But I can see that being way more of a problem as we get further and further into technology.
0: Well, well, the fact is that that a phone's um, the telephone part of a phone is is one is not. I think it might be third or fourth in terms of usage for for young people, and and so they kid you know kids don't talk on the phone anymore. They just text. And, and a lot of adults do that too. And I'm guilty as charged sometime as well. It's, it's simple. <laughs> and uh, but, but you miss out on things. And, and one thing that I really emphasize is that I, I think it's important that kids and parents and families learn to live in reality. Mm-hmm. Now one could argue the idea of reality is expanding, mm-hmm. but you know, we talk about virtual reality. Well, just the word, the word virtual suggests, Almost similar to um, a rough approximation thereof. It's not reality, and I'm going to cling to this till I die. That reality is face to face, eye contact, body language, facial uh, facial expressions, all those other things. Is those things are missing in in the interface of, of a screen?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and it's interesting too because in my business, I've done I do more zoom calls like this where i think you know a few years ago it would have been a lot of phone calls so it's nice that you get to see people's faces now at least on something like this which is good but you can't it just can't replace that in person that in the in-person uh interactions at all i don't think
0: sure so so like you said like i have a clientele um with people all over the world and some who i'll, who I'll never meet yeah, I, in, in person and yet I develop, i've developed some great relationships with my clients and so, uh, so again, a, play, a place where Zoom has really in uh, video conferencing um, has really helped people expand their reach in terms of businesses, um, as well as to uh, be able to make better contact with people than, than over a phone.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, You know, it's interesting, Uh, I I was just remembering that you have a podcast, too, that you also the host of the Raising Young Athletes podcast. Now, do you you think that, you know, part of raising young athletes, because they're so active, and do do they have less of an addiction to technology, do you think, than the kids that aren't in athletics?
0: Um, To some degree, um, but it doesn't have to be sports. Mm -hmm. Again, let's think about time and passions. So if kids are running around a soccer field or skiing or playing tennis or golf or swimming or lacrosse or whatever the sport is, Mm -hmm. that's time not spent in front of a screen. But it could be theater. It could be music. It could be art. It doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Anything that keeps kids off of screens. So my, my, my older daughter, she is really just sewing. And so she just asked the other day, can I get a mannequin? And mannequins aren't cheap, but they're not super expensive. But we thought, because she's been drawing um, a lot of sort of designs and clothing things on, on her app, on an app. Mm-hmm. And so we we decided, my wife and I agreed that that we got her one because it'll get her away from her screen. And so I think if you have something that you care deeply about that doesn't involve a screen, you're going to be less connected to the screen because it's not that important. And I'm a big believer that a lot of kids get hooked on technology because they're bored or they're unhappy or they need stimulation. And so this is, it's its at their fingertips. They don't have to do anything. They don't have to go outside. They just can lay in bed and be stimulated or entertained or, or, or engaged. And, and so, uh, you know, one of the great defenses against too much tech use is having your kids find something they care deeply about, not involving a screen.
1: I think that's a that's a great that's great advice I think that's so important that the kids are still getting outside and in nature and doing things outside of their screens and I see my kids when they come home from school they're tired right so they want to just like relax there but it's like you know sure for a certain amount of time that's fine for in my beliefs anyways and then it's like we got to move on to something else we can't just let that take over the whole rest of the day it's too far too far too much so I appreciate what you're saying. Um, you know, I appreciate you come from it at all angles too. Like, you know, there's some good, there's some bad, there's definitely some evil going on on Facebook. <laughs> but, you know, I think, you know, I think the overall picture is that in the take-home that I want to bring back to our audience that like you said before is that it's our responsibility to educate ourselves on what's, what are the new things that kids are, are coming. At. I know I got caught up into a Roblox thing where there's Roblox and there's Roblox cards that you buy to get new skins. And I it's just like, wait a second, hold on. We're spending too much money on these Roblox things that are like a waste of time, waste of, waste of money. So, And it wasn't until I looked into what it actually was, was I able to make that decision, but uh, yeah, there's just, it moves so quickly for us. As parents, Is there a place, is there a resource or somewhere where you can, you know, other than being immersed in technology ourselves, that we can go to to see what's good for kids or not good for kids?
0: Yeah, so there's an organization, I think it's called the Coalition for Commercial-Free Kids or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and Common Sense Media is another great one. So, you know, the great thing about the Internet, you type in, um, you know, healthy use of, of, of technology for kids and you get all kinds of resources. That's the beauty of the Internet. Right. So the Internet's not all evil. And um, and so, you know, those are a, a couple of places to go. And there are a bunch of great books out there as well. Um, not just mine, of course. Um, and um, and so it, there's there are that's a nice thing about it is that we have the capacity to be well educated and it's not that difficult. You just do a search and you, you type in Instagram or Pokemon or whatever. Um, again, Common Sense Media has has ratings um, by kids as well as parents um, about each about, about almost every kind of platform as well as books and, tech and 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 games and so on and movies. And so so you can you can see what other parents are doing too. And so it actually doesn't take that much time. Mm-hmm. It's it's more the enforcement that's the challenge. Mm-hmm. And, and that's where you, if you can set very clear boundaries and stay firm because it's like you're tired, you're hungry. You just want to be able to relax and watch some TV or whatever. But that's the job of a parent. Mm-hmm. Parenting is hard. You have to make tough decisions. And then fundamentally, oh, so here's, here's something. One of the most dangerous words in parenting is, is expediency. Expediency. And expediency basically means taking the easy road. Okay, so, so, you know, have the milkshake, that's fine. You can get the app, just leave me alone for a minute.
1: <laughs>
0: and it's, that's easy to do. Because again, it's, it's hard being a parent, you have to work and you have to take other kids and all these other things. But it goes back to, again, values and priorities. Mm-hmm. And the fact that you signed on to be a parent, you can't return them, can you, Michelle?
1: No, you cannot.
0: And, 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 um, and so this is the job. And the job is to raise your kids to be the healthiest, happiest, most successful, however you define success, most connected in the real sense, um, Kid, p- people that they grow up to become. And so that's where making some of the tough choices and, and having to be the bad guy um, is, is really hard, but so important. And your kids will nag, this is some fabulous research on nagging and found that that um that on average kids will nag their parents for for something nine times. And usually by the six by the sixth time the parents give in.
1: Oh no. <laughs> Stay strong, yeah. parents. Stay strong. <laughs> well,
0: that's the thing. Is you have to be strong because the kid the fact is kids have more energy and they are persistent little guys, little and gals.
1: For sure. <laughs> they
0: will just keep asking. And It's like, no, why? Because why? Because no. Um be and you know, we want our kids to like us. But again, that's not the job. You want them to love you and respect you and appreciate you and value and be grateful for you. But we're not friends. Mm-hmm. As long as you live in this house, we'll, we'll talk to you about some of the rules. But these are the rules. And speaking of that, another really useful tool that, that the research shows is very helpful is creating a contract, making things explicit. Mm-hmm. And you go online, they have, you know, the hundreds of, of, of tech contracts. Yeah. And, you know, we, we basically have a list of all these things of, what you can do and what you can't do, when you can do it, when you can't do it, and then consequences. And so clarity is important. And even after the fact, so a couple of years ago, they signed this, our our tech agreement, they go, well, I want to change it. I don't don't want to do it anymore. I said, that's fine, we can renegotiate. (laughs) But but as long as this contract is in in use, then these are the rules you agreed to. (laughs)
1: Love it, that's a great idea.
0: So, so, so that's a powerful tool, just the, just the clarity of this is what the expectations are around tech use, including us.
1: Yeah.
0: And so and it's, just, you know.
1: Setting up that clarity at the beginning and then having the consistency of the follow through on keeping keeping that up. I know that's where we fall down in some of our <laughs> parenting at my house. is like keeping consistent and keeping everyone on the same consistency, same page of all that.
0: Right, but, but, but that, that clarity is not only good for the kids, but it's good for us too, because it's very clear. Oh my gosh. You know, you're violating the, the tech agreement, you need to stop. And you're not going to? Okay, here are the consequences.
1: I love it. So, Dr. Jim, you have written 18 books. That's amazing. And five of them in the parenting space. I just want to share with our parents before we let you go, what are some of the other books that you've written? So you have Positive Pushing, How to Raise a Successful and Happy Child. Your Children Are Under Attack, How Popular popular Culture is Destroying Your Kids' Values, and How You Can Protect Them. Your Children Are Listening, Nine Messages They Need to Hear from You. And the one that we're discussing today, we're, uh, raising generation tech, prepare your children for a media fueled world, and then raising young athletes, parenting your children in victory in sports and life. Those are amazing sounding books. Uh, which one was your favorite one?
0: Well, I, I'm very much attached to my first one, um, positive pushing, because it was my first one and it was it was very it was very successful. And it, and it, it I it, gosh, I think it's almost twenty years ago I wrote it, and it's still. Resonates. It ha, you know, the, the value of it hasn't changed. Mm-hmm. Um, the, um, the, the your children are listening. This has become a, a very popular, a popular parent talk, because yeah. I'm a big believer that children become the messages they get the most. Mm-hmm. And it used to be, Michelle, that parents had a great deal of control over the messages their kids got, because a house was 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 an opaque membrane. Um, all it could come through was, you know, radio and three TV channels but now it's not even semi-permeable. It is totally fluid where information is coming through many platforms into the house. And, and you know, we, can, we control those messages by the schools we send our kids to, um, houses of worship if you're people of faith, um, civic organizations, um, sports activities um, and organizations in neighborhoods we live in. Um, so those, that, and, and it used to be that because we control those messages, um, by choosing where to be and or we're having them go to school and so on um we could we could ensure that most of the messages that they got were messages we wanted them to get but now it's an uphill battle because the internet is sending messages to kids that a lot of them are just beyond beyond painful beyond toxic beyond sickening and they and and we can't stop it really not completely you know we can have filters and things that we can look at their t- their texting and so on But it's it's a battle now to for our kids to get our messages, the healthy messages. (laughs) They're being bombarded by messages about wealth and status and power and physical appearance, and from our popular culture. Don't even get me started on popular culture. That that other book, um, "Your Children Under Attack," and and really, the internet is is really in and of itself. It's neither good nor bad. It's amoral. Mm -hmm. It's how it's used but unfortunately our world is governed by money and if you can make money you will all in all likelihood put it ahead of your of children and people and so that's where again we, i don't expect big tech to care about our children it's not their job just like you know big oil they started cleaning up because it was bad pr um so again it, it just circles back to us the onus is on us both in terms of the relationship we have with technology, um, the relationship we allow our kids to develop with technology, um, the kind of people we surround ourselves with in terms of their relationship to technology. And so, you know, when our kids go over to neighbors' houses, their friends' houses, what's going on there? Well, we want to we want to surround our kids with other families with similar values. So we don't have to worry. So they're getting those messages there as well. But again, it is really difficult. But we have to keep fighting the good fight for one simple reason, our
1: kids. Yeah, they're worth it. They're worth, it. they're worth it awesome well thank you so much dr jim for being with us today we're really so thrilled to have had you here and i can see many 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 more times that we need to bring you back on for lots of different topics so i uh, thank you for being with us today and for our friends and family out there listening today at blissful parenting where can they find out more information about you where would you like them to go to
0: yeah. So you can go to my website, um, drjimtaylor.com, drjimtaylor.com. I also am on all the, the major social platforms, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook. Um, and on my website, um, you know, I've got probably 98% of everything I've ever written up there, aside from my books for free. Um, I, have, I have a parenting blog. I have a parenting newsletter. Um, a lot of great resources um, for people who, who, who want to um, learn more about what I do and, and gain some information from it
1: that's fantastic. So guys, again, that's drjimtaylor.com. So head on over there and see what you can find and get some resources. That will be great for you today uh, and helping you guys raise your blissful families out there. So thank you, Dr. Jim Taylor, for all that you do. You're setting the stage for all of us to follow on the technology battles that are out there. So thank you for your time today. It has been really great.
0: My pleasure, Michelle. It's been a great time
1: blissful parents out there see you again next week go out there and have a great week thank you thank you for listening to the blissful parent podcast for complete transcriptions of this show as well as helpful links to resources mentioned in this episode please visit our website at theblissfulparent.com.